Amen. Will you rise for the reading of the Word of God? Is this on? Acts chapter 9. Open your Bibles to Acts chapter 9. Higher. Is it possible? All right. Thank you. Acts chapter 9. Okay. Starting at verse 1. Then Saul, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked letters from him to the synagogues of Damascus, so that if he found any who were on of the way, whether men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. As he journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly, everybody say suddenly, suddenly. a light shone around him from heaven. Then he fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, who are you, Lord? Then the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. It is hard for you to kick against the goats. So he trembling and astonished, everybody say astonished, said, Lord, what do you want me to do? Then the Lord said to him, arise and go into the city. And you will be told what you must do. And the man who journeyed with him stood speechless, hearing a voice, but seeing no one. Then Saul arose from the ground, and when his eyes were open, he saw no one. But they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus. And he was three days without sight, and neither ate nor drank. Verse 10. Now, There was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias. And to him, the Lord said in a vision, Ananias. And he said, here I am, Lord. Everybody say, here I am. So the Lord said to him, arise and go to the street called Straight and inquire at the house of Judas for one called Saul of Tarsus. For behold, he is praying. And in a vision, he has seen a man named Ananias coming in and putting his hand on him so that he might receive his sight. Then Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard from many about this man, how much harm he has done to your saints in Jerusalem. And here he has authority from the chief priest to bind all who call on your name. But, everybody say, but. But. The Lord said to him, go, for he is a chosen vessel of mine to bear my name before Gentiles, kings, and the children of Israel. For I will show him how many things he must suffer for my name's sake. And Ananias went his way and entered the house. And laying his hand on him, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road as you came has sent me that you may receive your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Everybody say filled. Immediately there fell from his eyes something like scales, and he received his sight at once. He, he arose and was baptized. So when he had received food, he was strengthened. Then Saul spent some days with the disciples at Damascus. Verse 20, immediately, everybody say immediately. immediately. Not after you go through a Bible college or seminary. Right? Immediately he preached the Christ in the synagogues that he is the Son of God. 
Then all who heard were amazed and said, Is this not he who destroyed those who called on this name in Jerusalem and has come here for that purpose so that he might bring them bound to the chief priests? But Saul increased all the more in strength and confronted the Jews who dwell in Damascus, proving that this Jesus is the Christ. Okay, let us pray. There's more, but I want to pray. Okay, Father, I thank you that you are about writing a redemption story. This whole Bible is about, from the beginning, you writing a redemption story for your sons and daughters. And even Paul, as we read, God, even though, Lord, he came against you and your people, you were still writing a redemption story for Paul. But even now, not only for Paul, but each one of us here in the sanctuary, you are in the middle of writing your redemption story for each one of us, Lord. So, Father, we ask today that you would open our eyes to see you writing that redemption story, not to turn against you or turn away from you out of disappointment or disillusionment. But God, no matter what we see or what we do not see, that us, your sons and daughters, will look to you as the restorer, as the rebuilder, as the repairer of our lives, Lord. We thank you. We love you. We trust you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen? You may be seated, okay? All right. So I wanted to talk to you about, I want to start with the prophetic word that God gave us recently. Who was here last Sunday? Okay. And maybe you heard about Miss Valerie returning. I'm sorry, I have to highlight you. I know how much you hate that, but for his glory. Miss Valerie, many, many years ago, back in 2000. Eight or eight, eight, seven, seven, no, eight, 2008, we were meeting at a movie theater, 9 a.m., in the middle of the service, right, she gets touched by God, and she gets healed, but she didn't come tell nobody, she quietly just left, you know why, you know why, because she thought this church is too crazy, this is my last Sunday, I'm never coming back here. And that last Sunday, she gets healed of cancer. And so she's like, she doesn't tell anybody. She quietly leaves. She goes to the doctor. The doctors check her for all day and declare that she's cancer free. So next Sunday, she comes to Living Hope with two doctor's notes. One says cancer, right? And another note that says no cancer. Amen. And ever since then, Miss Valerie's been serving faithfully, changing diapers of Aletia and Olana and Obina. Remember? Changing diapers and watching our kids faithfully for many years. And then many years later, God led her to go somewhere for a season. So she, she asked us to bless her. So we blessed her and we sent her. And she served at a different church. Well, recently, okay, just a few weeks ago, we get an email from Miss Valerie saying, God said I could go back home. And so when I read that email, actually, one of our staff members read that email, and in that moment, I heard 
the voice of God that says, Valerie coming back isn't just for Valerie, but it's a prophetic sign that I will restore the testimony of this house. The testimony of this house was the healing power of Jesus Christ. Every two to three years, we've always had healing revival that lasted from few weeks to few months. And, you know, for five, six years, we haven't had one. I mean, we've seen different people get healed, but we haven't had that move of God, right? And so we're like, God, you know, you know we're, we're contending for that. And then Valerie coming back was God's promise. I will restore the testimony of this house. Isn't that amazing? And so I go to Sons and Daughters, our San Francisco campus, right, night service. During worship, right, Pastor Vern and Larry Ann walks in very quietly, and so they sit in front next to me. But when I saw Pastor Vern, I could tell, like, you know, one of those, like, you've been through, like, a battle, right, and all your, like, it's all worn out. But it took all your strength yeah. to just come to the house of God. Yeah, yeah. Like I saw that on his face. Mm. And, and I saw him walk in. And I remember Miss Valerie and God's promise that I will restore the testimony of this house. So I share that. But I only talked to Pastor Vernon. Everybody was just listening in. And I told him about Valerie coming back and what God promised. And then I said, Pastor Vern, do you remember six, seven years ago? Back in 4550, and during Thursday Thunder, you were having a heart attack. One of our elders was having a heart attack in the middle of a night service. And he begged God, I don't mind dying. Just don't let me die at church and traumatize our members. <laughs> just, just let me survive the service. Let me get to the ER. And I, I don't mind. I, I have no regret. I'm ready to go, Jesus. In the middle of begging God, this, there's a prophetic word that came out, and we said, Pastor Vern, stand up. And then Pastor Vern thinking, I can't. I'm having a heart attack right now. But he found himself standing up. That's how much his body, his soul was walking in obedience. And the prophetic word, we, I had no idea he was having a heart attack. And the prophetic word was, the word of God says, you will not die, but live and declare the glory of the Lord. Right? And then he stood up, he came forward, and he received complete healing. Amen. Give him praise. How many of you guys were there that night? Anybody? You? Okay, just stand up as a witness. Come on, witnesses, come on, stand up. These people were there that night when God healed Pastor Vern in the middle of a heart attack. Okay, you may be seated. Thank you. And you know what? And the word of, and I, I, I just talked to Pastor Vern. Pastor Vern, God said he's going to restore. The, I mean, that's not the only time he was going to die. It happened two more times. And we happened to go into the <laughs> hospital room and prophesy life into Pastor Vern. We're like, Pastor Vern, you just can't die here. <laughs> We're not going to let you die. <laughs> right? And I said, Pastor Vern, you are a living testimony. You are a living testimony. You are witness to the power of God. And then I remember looking at the young people at Sons and Daughters and said, if you haven't encountered the mighty healing power of God, it's okay. Just look at Pastor Vern. Just look in the front. Look at Pastor Vern. 
and remember and declare that God is God and God is good. If so, he will do it again. The word of God was, remember what I did. Remember, I will do it again. Remember what I did, I will do it again. Just like he said that he gave us the lens of favor in the beginning of this year, if you keep that on and you keep recognizing my favor in the midst of you, then I'll do it again. I'll do it again. How long, God? Until you stop recognizing. And I told you last week, right, Stephanie, I'm so proud, right? He, she just dreamed. She didn't even ask God. She just dreamt about having a U.S., what did you call it? Degree, degree right? Because her degree is from Philippines. And guess what? Everything happened so fast. Her work is paying for her certificate. And guess where she got accepted to? Harvard. You know why? I keep recognizing it because if you recognize it, he'll do it again. Among, it's not just for her. It's for this house. You can't compare. Here comes she. He did it for you and not me. No, 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 no. Take that comparison glasses off. Then because you're going to nullify the promise of God over your life. Recognize it and rejoice it. Then he'll do it in your life. Right? Where's Francis? Where's my Francis? In the bathroom? Where is she? Oh, there. Back there. Right? I remember seven years ago, she told me in person. That her dream is to work for Pixar. And it didn't happen. She just, you know, worked at different places without her searching for it. This year, 2019, they came to her, and guess what? She signed the contract. Yay! Recognize the favor, and he will do it again and again and again. And I remember, like, you could tell Pastor Vern was like, he barely walked in. He, he was crying. He received the word. Worship, he stood up. You know, that cry, that roar. Yeah. He was roaring, and he was worshiping. And at the end of the service, he was laying hands on young people, right, praying for them. And then a Monday comes, right? Monday comes, I'm like, in my spirit, I'm like, that word, living testimony. It's like God's, I was like, Benjamin, God's not done with speaking to Pastor Vern. He's a living testimony. Can you call him and set up a dinner meeting with him so I could, I could give him? God has more to say to him. And Benjamin's like, okay, okay. And then, of course, we didn't call him, right? And then, and then Tuesday comes. I look at my phone, and I see a missed call from yesterday that I did not see on Monday. And it was from Pastor Vern. So I quickly called him. I said, Pastor Vern, you called? And he said, Pastor Sonny, Pastor Sonny, God's been speaking to me. So I'm like, what? I was going to meet with you because God told me he had more to say. He said, all day today, God reminded me when I was in Japan. So in, he, was, he loves traveling. He was in Japan many, 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 many years ago, right? And then he, he went into this teacup store. And then what he learned of this, when you make teacups, they're like six teacups with the, right? If one breaks, what happens? If a teacup breaks, they throw it away, right? But he heard about this master potter who retrieves broken teacups out. He repairs it. He restores it with gold, with gold. And so now this broken 
teacup that was in the garbage can repaired by the master parter is more valuable than before it was broken. And then he's like, oh, yeah, I remember that. And he said, back then, back then, he's like, I, ha- I don't know why. I had to buy it. And so he said it didn't make sense, but he spent $100 buying that <laughs> repaired teacup. Tea and so after, like, God reminding of him, he said he searched everywhere for that teacup. Yeah. And he couldn't find it for two days. And God said, you're not going to find it. Why? Because, Vern, you're my teacup. Oh! Shoot! And you know what he said? Because sometimes, you know, as our elders get older and they feel useless, they can't move as they could, right? Used to, right? But you know what he said? And Pastor Sonny, Pastor, <laughs> Pastor Sonny, who said that? Pastor Sonny, he said, he said, those repaired teacups, people spend a lot of money buying them, but they don't really use them. But they look and admire. And then he said, and I remember, I keep hearing your voice say to young people, look at Pastor Van. Look at Pastor Vern. He's the living teacup of this house. He's the living teacup, living testimony of this house. So the title of today's message is a broken teacup. Okay? Do you remember the word last year that he gave us? That he said, whatever you lost, I will restore double. Remember that? I will restore double. Hmm? The pain and storms of 2018 prepared us for the blessings of 2019. Remember that word? Hmm? I will restore double. Zechariah 9.12, it says, Return to the stronghold, you prisoners of hope. Even today I declare that I will restore double to you. Often we look at what we lost and we still cry about it. You know, like from physical things to spiritual things. You know, in the 20s, I used to have a washboard. Like I have muscles here. I'm serious. And sometimes when I look at myself, I'm like, I cry. I, oh, I used now I just have, you know, instead of, I just have, right? And sometimes we mourn about what we have lost, right? But God is saying, I'm going to restore double. <laughs> Isaiah 58, 12, your people will rebuild the ancient ruins. Maybe some dreams that you have or you had. Doesn't it feel like ancient ruin? Hmm? And we'll raise up the age-old foundations. You will be called repairer of broken walls, restorer of streets with dwellings. Isaiah 61, 4. They will rebuild the ancient ruins. You know what I see God doing? He's going into each one of your hearts. He's retrieving those broken teacups. And he's saying, I'm going to rebuild, restore I will rebuild the ancient ruins and restore the places long devastated. What you thought is no more. What you thought is gone. They will renew the ruined cities that have been devastated for generation. The word of the Lord to you in the season and I is this. I will restore you. I will repair you. I will rebuild you. 
and make you more valuable. What did God say? The sufferings and the pain, the storms of 2018 prepared us for the blessings and the breakthroughs of 2019. Without the 2018, the blessings of 2019 will crush us. But through his processing, through his work in our lives of 2018, he filled us up. He built our character. He built, rebuilt our faith so that, so that we can handle the blessings of God in 2019. God is about writing a redemption story, right? I mean, from Genesis 1, right? Adam and Eve sinned, but he didn't wait thousands of years later. to. He began at the Garden of Eden to write a redemption story for his people. And he wrote in Acts chapter 9, what we read was God writing a redemption story of Paul. And even now, he's writing a redemption story of your life and my life life. Hmm? God intervenes in and throughout our lives in a crucial way to shape us, okay? He allows certain things to get lost. He allows certain areas to get broken because through that, he's his, his building our character. Hmm? He's building the inner life of each one of us. Hmm? He's developing our capacity to receive more of him. He's influencing us to become the influencers of others through his intervention, through his processings in our lives. Hmm? God was there from the beginning of your life. He knew what kind of story he's writing. He didn't make it up along the way. He knew from the beginning what kind of story, redemption story, he wants to write in and through your life. That is why 2018, as painful as it was, it was crucial. It was the best years of our lives, even though it was the most painful years of our lives because he shaped us. He prepared us. You see, without the, the pain and the storms that God used in 2018, we wouldn't be able to receive. Remember Pastor Brian from Echo? He did this, right, at our, I, want, I wanted to show it again. You see, without the storms and the struggles of 2018, what did God say? The blessings of 2019 would have crushed us. It's as if God's ready to come upon us. And if you rejected the pain and you turn against God, God, why have you forsaken me? God, why didn't you answer my prayer? God, and you, re you turn against God's shaping of your heart, of your life, because it was too painful. When God is ready to release his blessing, you know what those blessings were going to do? Because you're empty. You didn't get filled up, right? So when you don't turn towards God, this is what happens to you. It crushes you. <laughs> Jason, I think God is speaking to you. <laughs> but if you turn towards God, even though you didn't see what you wanted to see, 
if you trusted God, you hear me? You get filled up with his truth. You choose to believe. You choose to trust. Jason, you ready? I don't have good balance, so I'll use two so I don't fall. Remember Pastor Vern? I'm not Pastor Vern. Pastor Brian said when his anointing comes, when his blessings come, you are filled up to carry, to receive the blessings. Remember I told you a few weeks ago, winning a lottery it's not a blessing. Mm. If you didn't turn towards God through the storms of your lives, mm-hmm. even winning a lottery will, would have crushed you. You would have filed for bankruptcy within a few years. That's why God is saying 2018 was necessary, guys. It was necessary so that you are able to carry my anointing, my presence, The blessings of 2019 is here. As long as you and I turn towards God. So you look at Pastor Paul, uh, Pastor Paul. You look at Apostle Paul, right? Let's look at his timeline, right? He was born in Tarsus. So he was born into a devout Jewish family, but in Tarsus. So that's why he's able to have Roman citizenship, right? God is already making, he knows what he, God was going to use him to do many, many years later. So he made sure his parents were in Tarsus. But he made sure his parents were devout Jews. Because in his early teens, guess what his parents did? He, they sent him to Jerusalem to study under Gamaliel. You know what it's like? Gamaliel, the school of Gamaliel is like going to Harvard or Stanford. Yeah, yeah. It's the best of the best. So Apostle Paul, he got to be educated, right, under the best of the best. And then, right, in his early 20s, he's successful. He becomes a Pharisee. He becomes a Jewish leader, right? And then he he plays a big role in persecuting Christians. In Acts 7, verse 57, right, they are in the middle of stoning Stephen, and Apostle, he was, a Saul was there giving them the approval, right? The witnesses laid their coats at the feet of a young man named Saul. He was in his 20s, okay? Look at Acts 8.3. It says, but Saul began to destroy the church, going from house to house. He dragged off both men and women and put them in prison. Acts 9.1. Okay. Meanwhile, Saul was still breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. Okay. This man, right? Imagine if you're Stephen's mother. Don't you want vindication? If somebody killed Alethea, you, you know what I would do, right? You, I would be so angry, right? If, like, God just forgave that man that killed my daughter, you want vindication. You want to disqualify this man if you were Stephens or other Christians that were persecuted. But here, instead of throwing away this broken teacup, oh, he went too far. Paul just went too far. 
he not only killed, allowed Stephen to be killed, but he's going from house to house, dragging men and women out of their house, putting them in prison, killing them. Murderous threat. He was breathing out, the word says. If anybody, he should be disqualified. Hmm? But instead, God was writing his redemption story. On his way to Damascus, you know what he did? He got a special letter from high priest. Okay? Listen to Benjamin's sermon. There's a historical background. Okay? That, that, that with this letter, you could do illegal things. Okay? And so he gets that letter. He's on his way to Damascus. Why? Because they are devout Jews in Damascus. So if you, if you want Christianity to, Christianity to flourish, you got to go through Damascus. But if you don't want them to, you got to make sure, you got you to gotta stop it from spreading in Damascus, right? So Paul, Christians are there. Devout Jews are there. Paul is on his way with murderous threat. To, to, to imprison Christians in Damascus. And on his way, not on his way to repentance, not when he was feeling bad about what he was doing, not when he was crying, no, on his way to persecute more Christians, Jesus meets him on the road. And he speaks to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? And Saul's like, who are you? I am Jesus. God meets him powerfully. And he gets blind. He's like, go to Damascus. I'll tell you what to do then. So these men take him, right? For three days, he's blind and he can't eat, right? He can't drink. And then in a vision, God speaks to Paul and says, a man, I have a disciple named Ananias here in Damascus. He's going to come. He's going to lay his hand on you so that you, you could receive your eyesight. And so God calls Ananias. Ananias is good Christian. Comes to church every Sunday. Reads his Bible, right? He shares about Christ with his friends, right? He's a good Christian. He's praying. And God says, Ananias, yes, Lord, I want you to go to this house. He even gives him an address on the straight way, just in case you go to a wrong Saul, right? Go lay your hand on him so that he will receive his sight. And Ananias like, what? Lord, haven't you heard? He's been killing your people. Ananias is like, he's disqualified. He doesn't deserve your healing touch. And what did God say? No, no, go, for he's a chosen vessel. You don't know what I'm writing. I'm writing a redemption story in and through Paul's life. So go. And right? Right? You know what's amazing is Ananias goes, he prays, not only God sent me to you so that you could receive sight. Not only that, because that's what God told him, but also to get filled with the Holy Spirit. And Paul gets healed, he gets filled, and immediately he starts preaching. But then the disciples in Jerusalem are like, oh, what if he's like acting like? What if he's here to, right? And they were like, stayed away. You know what God did? Then he sent Barnabas. Come on, go. You know, God sent Ananias and Barnabas so that Paul would be received. So that disciples would not 
disqualify him for the things that he has done. You know what I hear the Lord saying? That he's sending somebody for you. Wherever you are at and you feel stuck in your life, you're in your own Damascus, not knowing how. I hear your promises, but I don't know how. God is saying, wait, Ananias is coming. Wait, Barnabas is coming to make a way. You see, here, he's like in late 20s when he meets Jesus. And so he, he preaches in Damascus. He goes to Jerusalem. And then finally, decides, like, okay, you're one of us. And he's preaching. And he's like, he's like, you know, he's so good because of his education, right? So nobody could win the debate against Paul, right? And then they're like, okay, we got to kill him. We got we got to get him out because he's too good, right? And so because of that, the disciples send him back to Tarsus. Did you know he lived there more than ten years in Tarsus? It's only like few two chapters, Acts nine, between Acts nine and Acts eleven. But for over ten years, he was quietly living as a Christian in Tarsus until. Over 10 years later, God sends Barnabas back to get Paul. And then he takes him to Antioch, and his ministry begins. Right? He plants churches for 20 years. He plants churches. He preaches the gospel. He gets arrested. He gets persecuted, but he still preaches for 20 years. And then under Nero, right, he gets killed as a martyr for Christ in his early 60s. Redemption. He once killed Christians, but he receives the highest honor to die for the glory of God. What a redemption story. He killed Christians. At the end of his life, he gets to die for Christ. I want you to think back on your timeline, your lifeline. What marked you? What broke you? Hmm? What did you lose? What happened in the past plays a big role, an important role in your redemption story. Now, I was listening to T.D. Jakes the other day, and this is like I'm paraphrasing him, okay? He's like, stop crying about what you lost. Hmm? What God is about to give you is greater than what you lost. And he talked about Joseph. He said, if Joseph didn't lose, he would have died in the Potiphar's house. But because he lost what he gained there, he became, right, the leader over the whole nation. Hmm? Your yesterday prepared you for your today. You know, I was thinking about my timeline. You know, a lot of you know about my story, right? A lot of painful things happened. To me, from my mother's womb. My daddy didn't want my mom to have me. He was really like telling her to get an abortion. As a, I don't know, a toddler, like two, three, four, I, I still have memories of that. I was, I was home left alone, guys. I was three years old, and they left me home. I was so scared. And you know what I did? I would find a closet. 
And I would go inside and I would just hide there for hours. And I remember thinking, I can't wait until they get home. I'm going to cry and say, don't ever leave me. I was so scared. And then when everybody came home, before I could say a word, they're like, wow, Sonny's only three years old and you could, you could stay home by yourself. Wow, good job. I'm like, uh, uh. And from then on, they left me home. I was neglected, guys, at three, four years old. And because of that, nobody pay attention. So from age five, I was molested by a cousin. You know, I remember like my grandma moved to America when I was second grade and nobody remembered to pack me lunches. And I used to go to school with no food, right? First day, my friends were like, oh, Sonny, here, let's share. From second day, I was so embarrassed. I acted like I had lunch, and I would run out, and I, I would hide in the bathroom. Back out, it was Korea. It was like an outlet. It's not like bathroom here. It was like a hole, and it's made of wood. And I, I went in there, and I just sat there for time to go by. I was like writing my own Korean drama, guys. I was so hungry. I came outside, and I drank fossil water. I could write a crazy Korean drama with my life. I went through so much. And you know what? I don't even have to go back to childhood. I could just, if I could just tell you in detail what happened even 2018, you would cry with me. Hmm? But you know what? Even so, everybody say, even so. Even so. I, can't, I could stand before you and I could say, God is good. Amen. God is God. Amen. God is good. And God is real. God saw everything. God heard every cry. And God was there for me. You know, many years later, I was doing Emmanuel journaling, right? It's like going back to pain memory and experiencing it with God. And in those pain memories, you know what God showed me? That when I was three, four, five, and I was hiding, I was hiding in the closet, scared. You know how I spent hours? You know what God said? Sonia, I was there. I was whispering into your ears. That's why you were able to daydream for hours. I'm a daydreamer. Even like I'm 47 years old and I still daydream. Mm. Right? I still like, mm, I still daydream, guys. <laughs> you know where, where all that daydreaming started? When I was young. Yeah. Hiding. In a closet, Jesus said, you weren't alone. I was there daydreaming with you. And he kept going. Memory by memory, I was there. Even if you didn't know me, I was there. And he kept saying, I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud of you. You know what it means to be rejected and not wanted. You know what it means to be hungry. You know what it means to be alone. And because of that, I get to travel all over the world as an adult to reach the orphans. Do you know how many kids all over the world call me their mommy? Now, a lot of them are in 20s and 30s. And they still Facebook me, calling me their mama. Redemption story. God is writing a redemption story 
for each one of you. And he's saying, don't cry about what you lost because I will restore the double to you. Put on the lenses of favor and trust me. Trust me. Even that thing that wasn't fair, I'm going to use it and, and, and use it for your own good. Hmm? Stop taking those lenses of favor off. Recognize my favor and I will pour out my Pour out my favor upon you. Remember what I did yesterday, and I will do it again today. I want you to stand with me. This is what the Lord is saying. I want you to really receive these direction from God, and I want you to turn towards God, okay? Don't allow your yesterdays to prevent you from turning towards God today. Hmm? God is saying, do not disqualify yourself. On. He's saying, my son, my, my daughter, stop disqualifying yourself. Stop looking at your brokenness. Stop throwing away your cups, your broken teacup, because I'm about to restore it with gold, with heavenly gold. Huh? I will make you more valuable. Today, the master parter is here ready to restore and make your broken teacup more valuable than before it was broken. God is saying, recognize my work and remember what I have done in the past, and I will do it over, and I will do it again. So if I could have someone here in the front play something with me as I pray. So I want you to pray with me right now. God, I want you to just bring... I don't know. Allow the Holy Spirit to take you to your memories of brokenness. And I want you to bring that to God today. Maybe every time you try to advance, something would happen and the door would close. Even that brokenness, bring it to God. What you have expected that you didn't get. The pains and the struggles of yesterdays cannot disqualify you from receiving what God had prepared for you. Hmm? Holy Spirit, I ask that you would anoint the thoughts and the hearts of your sons and daughters today, Lord. God, we have been disqualifying ourselves way too long we have been disqualifying other brothers and sisters because of what they did or what they did not do God if you could repair Paul and make him more valuable to the kingdom of God the one that once persecuted and killed Christians could at the end of his life die for you Father, I pray that you would take judgment out of our hearts today. Judgments that we have been carrying against ourselves. Judgments that we have been carrying against our brothers and sisters. God, we've been wanting vindication. And we've been wanting, God, for you to disqualify certain people. <laughs> but God, today, we bring that all before you. You're the master parter. Master parter, come repair my heart. Come restore 
my heart. God, the pain that I've been carrying all these years that kept me from believing for myself, that kept me in a cycle, God, of brokenness, round and round and round. God, I come before you and I ask, Lord, that you will repair my broken heart, God. The, the thought patterns, Lord, that are broken because of my past, Lord. Today, Lord, repair our thoughts and our hearts. Help us, God, <laughs> to trust in your process, to trust in your sovereignty, to trust in your goodness. Master Potter, come, restore, restore. Some of you, I feel like you had dreams that you no longer dream about because you, in your heart, said, that's over. That's over. That can't be done. I'm too old or too much has happened. I feel like God is saying, my daughter, my son, I'm going to restore the ancient ruins of your dreams. If you would believe. <laughs> Some of you, in your situation, you feel stuck. And no matter what you do, you don't know how to get out. But God is saying, come to me, turn towards me. Turn towards me. Even if you haven't seen my power today, remember my power of yesterday. Remember, remember when I healed you of cancer. Remember you couldn't have a child and out of the barren room. Remember you couldn't pay your bills. You're still here. Remember, remember what I did. If you can't see my power and my goodness today, remember my goodnesses of yesterday. Remember your road to Damascus. Remember when I met you. Remember when I forgave you. Remember when I saved you. Remember, remember, and allow the master potter to continue writing the redemption story of your life. Miss Sherry told me she's been listening on the radio saying, stop taking the pen back. God is writing your story. Through disappointments, we kept taking that pen back. We kept wanting to write our own story. Will you just let it go and trust? Even the painful things, he says he will use it for your good. He will restore the double. Holy Spirit, we ask in Jesus' name that you will restore our expectation, that you would restore our faith once again to trust in our master Potter. Holy Spirit, we ask today, today, God, as we retrieve the broken teacups in our lives, <laughs> Will you allow your Holy Spirit, just like those Japanese potters, use gold and different precious jewelries to restore that broken teacup? And now, what was once in the garbage can is now more valuable. More valuable. The whole tea set would have cost $30, $40. But this restored teacup by itself is worth more than $100. God is saying, 
Will you trust me? I'm in the process of making you more valuable. Haha. <laughs> You're precious. You're precious. You're precious. Holy Spirit, we ask. I sense it in the Spirit. I sense it in the Spirit. He's, he's restoring the ancient rules right now. He's restoring your faith right now. Jesus.